Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. Today, we're going to be talking about why do some cats get along, but not with others. Several listeners have suggested this topic, actually. And, um, and of course, it's a very common behavior issue. My cats are fighting. My cats used to get along. Now they don't. You know, I got this new cat. Why doesn't it get along with my cat? My cat had a cat before, and now I got this new cat, and they're not getting along. Anyway, lots of, lots of stuff surrounding this. And so I thought, specifically, why do some cats get along and not others would make a good topic. So, welcome to the show, my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hello, everyone out there in the big cat world, and hello to my beautiful wife. And what another great show we're going to be putting on today. And wow, before we get started, though, I think we should go over the bonding tip of the week, right? Yes, thank you for reminding me. We've got to got to help out our friends over there at Vitacraft. You know, the, they sponsor these bonding tips of the week, and they're so helpful. I've had such great feedback from people saying how much they learn from these little bonding tips. So I enjoy doing them and appreciate them making this possible for you. So this week's bonding tip of the week is to feed your cat meals. Now, why meals? Why not just free feed? It's a lot easier for you, right? Well, because when you feed meals, there's more bonding opportunities, you know, because cats see you as the provider of the great things like the manna from heaven, all that wonderful food. And they connect you with that. And they go, oh, here comes mom with dinner again, you know. And so there's more bonding opportunities if you feed them meals. There's also really nothing natural about free feeding. You know, cats are used to working for their meals and and that kind of thing. And they get some complex problem solving in when they're hunting. And free feeding is just really counter to a cat's nature. And when we do things that are counter to their nature, they don't feel as confident and secure. And they certainly don't feel ready to bond with you when they're feeling insecure. So take the opportunity to get multiple bonding times during the day by feeding meals at scheduled meal times. You know, we feed Pico, what, five meals a day? It seems five like 10. Times <laughs> in the five, right. <laughs> He'd probably like it if it was 10, yeah, but yeah, it's five. Lot. It is a lot. And we yeah. feed, you know, we feed four in person and then one in a food timer in the middle of the night. Um, but yeah, your cat should eat about every four to five hours. I mean, that's that's about what we should do in a home setting. So, and when we do that, that's it's all those times we've got four times at least. We don't can't count the food timer as a as an option for uh, for bonding, but um, but we certainly do four times a day get to get to bond with him. And it's cute because you know when you feed him, Dewey feeds him his morning 
meal and his going to bedtime meal and Pico jumps up on the counter and rubs against him and yeah. leans on him and it's it's clearly a bonding time it is it's clearly a bonding time for you too so yeah it works yeah. works right. so you know today's topic is super interesting um let's talk about what our listeners said about this well you know there like i said there were several but um there's this one that it was kind of funny. It was a, a guy from the UK telling a charming story about his little female cat, Spade, who has outdoor access during the day. And apparently this little cat went out and brought home a boyfriend. And apparently this other cat, this male cat, he's a neutered male cat, is and you know maybe belongs to somebody else in the neighborhood and i think it's more common in europe for people to have indoor outdoor cats than it probably is here more free roaming and anyway this this male cat is quite a bit bigger than their little female cat and uh, so one of the things he was really writing me about was is this safe to let this relationship go on you know and and it's really funny cuz the male cat comes to the house and they hang out together. He comes in and they hang out together. And then at night, they they ask him to leave politely. They open the door and he knows it's time for him to go and he leaves. And, and then they watch each other through the window and kind of paw at each other and play through the glass. It, it just sounds adorable. It seems like they really do love one another. You know, but again, because of the size difference of the two, he was wondering if that uh, that relationship was was safe or not or, or good to have happen. But what struck me was this is so odd. This little girl kitty goes outside and finds a friend and brings him home. And clearly there's no, you know, both of them are altered. So this isn't a, a mating thing and they're not attracted to one another for procreating, but they're just, they like each other, which, you know, as I always say, isn't typically natural for cats to do and I just thought it was such a cute little story about cats bonding wow you know what that really does sound unique cats who are strangers usually don't get along right yeah because like I said it's not in their nature to get along with stranger cats you know but but clearly it happens you know and and many Many, many bonded pairs out there of non-siblings. So speaking of that, don't siblings get along the best? Yeah, they, they absolutely can. You know, we always we always say if you're going to adopt a kitten, get two, get siblings. But actually, they have done studies on this, and parent offspring matches get along better. So if you keep mom and one of the litter or... I guess dad and a litter too, um, then that that's usually the best bonding relationship. But you know, one of the things that people aren't aware of is that the social maturity of a cat hits between two and four years of age. And sometimes that can hit at different times. So I had a recent uh, consult case, one of the cases that made me think about doing this episode, where she she has siblings. She she adopted them both as kittens, and um, and and you know the she she you know the the female cat doesn't want to play as much as the male cat, and you know and and it's and it's 
probably because they're right at that age. They're a little over two years old, and the female is maturing at a different rate than the male cat, and it's calming down more, and the male cat is still kind of a jacked-up kitten and wants to play, 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 and, you know, his little playmate isn't as available. So instead of the little normal tussling play they do, it's turning into a fight, you know, and she starts vocalizing a lot and having a hard time getting away from him. So it was a... It was a problem, and and um, and so anyway, you know that and these cats um, have they both have what's called tooth resorption, and you know that that's painful. So some of this aggression between these two cats could have been the tooth resorption, and and it was interestingly enough she had actually done. I, we talked about the base paws DNA report because I said, you know, I think it has a tooth resorption on there. And she goes, I did that. I got them as kittens and I wanted to know, you know, kind of a baseline DNA thing. So I did the base paws DNA report on them when they were kittens. And it did come back saying that their chances of tooth resorption was really, really high. And she said she took it to her vet and, and he didn't do anything, you know, didn't, didn't do anything special to, to treat it. Wow. So wait a minute, what is tooth resorption? (laughs) So tooth resorption is, it's, it's when the body begins breaking down and absorbing the structures that form the tooth, you know, it's, it's really, really, really painful and uncomfortable. Wow. So the base pause report can tell you something that specific, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. There's there's a line item specifically for tooth resorption. And, and they can tell you much more, too. I mean, most people think it's just a breed type and origin tracing, which it is. It's very good at that. And that's important because the breed influences their personality traits and, more importantly, hereditary genetic health conditions. You know, the information can really help your cat not only live a longer and better life, but tell you things like they might have tooth resorption, you know. <laughs> and, and there's a whole section in the chart about, about a dental health score. It's cool. Wow, I did not realize it was just that detailed. How amazing is that? It is. It's cool. And I understand for a limited time, though, until November 25th, 2022, Base Paws is giving our listeners a discount on the kits. Yep, yep. So I think you can go to basepaws.com, which is B-A-S-E, paws, P-A-W-S.com, and use the code CATTALKRADIO and get $25 off your first order. Yep. So do you think this tooth resorption was... contributing to to those cats really not getting along? Do you think that's really why it was? Tooth well, it could. Absorption? It could. Yeah, tooth <laughs> I mean, did you look at it and go, look, it's tooth absorption. They're not getting along. I mean, yeah, look at those cats. I, I can tell you, it's tooth Just absorption. Just look at their teeth. You can tell they're not going to get along. I can't wait to tell somebody we know next time there. I'm gonna, I'll fix your cats. It's tooth absorption. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, it could. You know, any kind of pain or discomfort can cause a cat to feel out of sorts and cranky, you know. And it can also cause a cat to smell differently. I heard a, a you know, and, and and I heard a story yesterday about a cat that it was a three cat household actually, 
And um, one one cat was older, and then they had adopted two younger siblings. And one of the younger siblings was having a serious medical issue going on. It had lost a lot of weight. It wasn't eating. And the vets couldn't really pinpoint what's going on. But the other two cats were avoiding him all of a sudden. They were just the older cat and the sibling were kind of like, we don't want to be around him. And I think that has to do with scent, with the way that he smells. Because, you know, when we get sick, when all species and beings get sick, it changes the chemistry in your body. And I think it has to change the way that they smell. And, you know, cats just live through their noses. So when anything weird's going on in terms of the way things smell, they don't really trust it. So, yeah, I think think that can absolutely play a factor into why two cats don't get along. That's interesting that their sense of smell is just so good. So let's let's rehash that for a second. So cats the same age hitting the social maturity phase at the same time, but different rates Mm -hmm. and one cat having a medical condition can cause them not to get along what else uh one of the big ones is mismatched play styles so many people adopt a new young cat for an older cat or like a surviving cat like if you had two cats you know and they get to be about you know 10 12 13 14 somewhere up in there and one dies and then people say oh he's sad i need to get him a playmate or he really liked having a buddy we need a new buddy and of course they want to get a cat for its whole life so they they get a kitten but you know that's like it'd be like you dating an 18 year old you know and you know you're not going to want to stay up as late or play as hard as somebody that's that much younger you know yeah right <laughs> or or they have a sedentary couch potato cat at home and they think getting it a spry companion you know will help it to get more exercise you know that none of that is true that it's really hard in fact yesterday when i was at the shelter there was a family looking at these kittens that were, they really looked to be about four months old, and there were a couple orange cute boys in the litter. And the guy was asking me, did I think that the cat would, kitten would warm up to them? So I opened the kennel, and, you know, one of the orange cat kittens was a little shyer than the other, you know, kind of ducking from hands and things like that. And I said, you know, he, he could. And I said, certainly if, you know, keep him to a room by himself and uh, make sure he gets lots and lots of socialization and that kind of thing. And then he went on to tell me that they had a 10-year-old cat and they were getting this kitten. And I went, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, (laughs) you know, because someone else had done the adoption counseling. He just had seen me working with cats and thought he'd ask, you know, the resident expert on this cat's behavior. And so I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I said, if you're going to do that, you need to adopt both of these orange kittens That'll help the whole situation because when the two orange kittens have each other to play with and they'll leave this older cat alone, you know, if you just get one, well, you know, the only cat that gets the brunt of all that high energy is going to be your older cat and he's not going to like that, you know, so... You know, I I don't know where they ended on their decision, but I hope they, I said, or adopt an older cat and, you know, make sure you do the introduction right and blah, blah, blah. But anyway. (laughs) So is there a way you can 
have cats genetically tested to see if they're if they will even get along. That sounds well, like I, a pretty cool thing. I wish. I wish there was. Well, I wish, you know, we could do a little pinprick or something and go, here, let's have you tested to see if you're going to get along with this other <laughs> you cat. You two get but, along just fine. Here you go. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I And and one of the things that, that made me want to do this podcast, you know, without a whole lot of answers, because there's not a whole lot of answers to this question, but, you know, I've seen people bring home a cat, a new cat, and their cat just go, oh, heck no. I'm not going to have anything to do with that cat. I do not like that cat and do not get that cat near me. Uh-uh, not happening. Hiss, hiss, punch, punch, not happening, no matter how long they take. But then when they try another cat, they get along just fine. And, you know, there is no scientific data on why that is you know there's been no tracking of that again i think maybe it goes back to scent but i don't know i don't know how you know maybe it's they've had trauma with cats that smelled like that or maybe some cats smell more like their mother did or their siblings did i have no idea why some cats will like that cat but not that cat it's it's very odd, and and I wish there were data or a genetic test that you know baseballs get on that. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds that sounds like the really big money winner right there. Is if you can, yeah, like you know, like a like a horoscope, right? Like okay, and we've if you run get that test. perfected, you can move that into humans, you know, and and do testing. Mm. You know, here's a pin prick and see if you're going to both get along. <laughs> well, I'm sure glad they didn't have that when when we met and we just no. did it on a leap of faith because it's worked out pretty good in my opinion. Yeah, but I don't think you can cats are quite that way, are they? <laughs> so what did you tell the woman with the two sibling cats that are hitting their social maturity stage? Well, th that's a good question. So the most important thing, you know, I we talked a lot about the tooth resorption and make sure, because that's kind of something that goes on their whole life. You know, these cats are young. They've already had a couple of teeth pulled and it and it can just continue to the other teeth their whole life. So I told her, you know, you really want to watch that closely because this is if this is about the girl cat being in pain and not wanting to run and jump and play, then, you know, we need to address that differently. If this is about her just maturing at a little bit quicker rate than he does, then we, we've got things we can do about that. So she had to just ramp up the prey play and entertaining that younger male cat. Um, and that's hard because you know, she works a lot and she was kind of funny. She said, you know, my gosh, I can see I'm going to have to turn in my resume and just be a full-time cat mom. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you might, but, but we can probably get this done in, you know, less than eight hours a day. But, and then, um, our friend Sharon is actually over cat sitting the cats and, uh, said that they're doing great, that they weren't, because last time she was cat sitting them, which led to the consultation, the cats were fighting and, you know, lots of chasing and fighting and howling and stuff like that. And Sharon was real concerned and the cat yeah. mom was real concerned. So anyways, apparently it's, uh, she's been doing her, her homework and, and it's been working really well. That's great. So do shelters let you try out cats to see if it's going to work? Well, no, not not really. And there's another and there are, good idea. Try it and see yeah, if you like it. <laughs> no, because there's there's many reasons why you wouldn't want to do that. You know, first, 
change in environment is so hard on a cat. It, it's so stressful. Oh, and it, yeah, that's right. You know, and it takes different cats longer to adjust to a new member in the house or or being the new member, you know. Sometimes that introduction process takes months. And, you know, it would be cruel to adopt a cat and bring it home and try to go through that that introduction process. And, you know, three months later, you decide, you know, I'm tired of this. I just can't stick with it. It's just not happening. I'm going to give up and take the cat back to the shelter. That would just be really cruel. Then that poor cat is back in jail and looking at having to go to yet another home. And that's so, so, so stressful. Yeah, but sometimes that doesn't work out. Don't you have to do that, right? Well, I suppose you could return a cat to a shelter if you really had to. I mean, it's not like, especially if you adopt it from, you know, I mean, any shelter, no matter whether it's an open admissions municipal shelter or whether it is a rescue, no one's going to say no if you just can't deal with it because that would be even harder on the cat. You know, they will, but I, I really, really, really... In, encourage people just to be dedicated to that slow, very slow and methodical introduction process and give it a chance. Because, you know, I really believe if introduced properly and at age appropriate, you know, if you're trying to introduce a three-month-old kitten to a 10-year-old cat, you're going to have problems no matter how slow you go. But, you know, assuming that it's age-appropriate introduction there's and done correctly, there's no reason two cats can't get along. Okay, so what about that case you had with the two bangles that didn't seem like you it was ever going to work? What what did you do that? Yeah, that was a really interesting case. So I, I get this lady reaches out to me and she has a, a one of the prettiest bangles I've I've ever seen. And and he was a breeder cat. He was a, a breeder male cat. And he was actually retired pretty young because they were seeing a lot of aggression in his offspring and cat-to-cat aggression and just aggression in general. And so this lady rescues another Bengal, and it's World War III, right, as you can as you can imagine. And I'm thinking, well, you know, it's especially hard with purebred cats that are so genetically close to their ancestors, like Bengals and Savannas and things like that. They tend to not get along as well with other cats because they're just so much more intensely territorial and, you know, needing to dominate their territory, getting along and sharing resources and all the things that are required for two cats to cohabitate peacefully well it's really 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 hard on those breeds so just just because of the breed choice it was going to be difficult and then you've got a cat that's you know genetically known to be carrying genes for aggression and it's just really 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 hard it it was hard it was like an eight-month process is there a reason some cats just naturally don't like other cats um, yeah, there, there, there can be, you know, if they have had no exposure to other cats during their sensitive development period, which is three to seven weeks of age. So, you know, like if, if you get a solo kitten, I, I've got a consult coming up this week and the lady describes the cat as, you know, she was rescued off the streets 
and you know raised in an environment with no other cats and you know just that kind of thing then they're probably not going to get along well with other cats as they get older but it's so hard to know because first of all you don't really know what happened to your cat when you adopted when it was 3 to 7 weeks of old age you know was it on the streets with no human contact but had lots of siblings and you know, was it a big colony? Was it in a foster home who had lots of cats around and so it had good exposure? Was it rescued off the street and, you know, by itself and then in a foster home with no other animals? I mean, you really don't know. And, you know, there's traumatic experiences too. If a cat has had a really horrible attack from another cat. Let's say maybe it lived in a home and there was a another cat who was just bullying it constantly and the people weren't doing the right things to keep them apart and keep the cat safe, then those emotionally traumatic experiences can create an anchor that all cats are bad and make it difficult for that cat to cohabitate, you know, in a relaxed fashion. Also, if a cat had a, a kitten had an aggressive mom. Sometimes that happens where cats just are too stressed, like we see this in the shelter, sadly, where the mom is so stressed it can't nurse and, you know, it starts to attack the kittens and things like that. Well, if it if it's seen that aggression in its mom and that's the only adult cat it's ever been around, it's going to think adult cats are aggressive. And sometimes, you know, if it's just been abandoned, that also leads it to being not so cat friendly. So, so yeah, they would call those natural occurrences of why cats don't get along with other cats. You mentioned scent earlier. Is there some special scent that you can put on them to make them make one cat like the other cat or make them more receptive to each other? Oh, the cat friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the cat friend. Yes. Oh, the cat friend. We <laughs> <laughs> woo, we <oui>, wee. Oui. <laughs> let me spray Hello, you, monsieur. Pepe Le Pew, with Pepe oh, the cat friend. And yeah. let me spray you with oh, the cat yeah, friend. Yeah. And then you will love each other. <laughs> love you a long time. A lot of people think that those uh, plug-in pheromones, you know, the pheromone diffusers you plug in is going to be like that. And that certainly can take the edge off of cat introductions and cat stress. But by itself, it's not it's not going to do what you're calling, like, like scenting them the same, which which is, you know, key and very likely why some cats are attracted to some and not others. And because cats create a community scent. You know, cats don't want to live in an environment that smells like another cat. They want to live in an environment that smells like them. So that's why they rub on the corners of walls. Well, the other cats feel the same way too. So they go along and rub on the corners and things behind them. And they're actually layering their scents so that they have a community scent. And then all the cats are comfortable right? Makes them all smell the same. So you can do, a lot of people know about scent swapping when they're introducing cats. You know, you, I, we always say just take a, like a sports sock and tie a knot in it and rub it on the side of your cat's face. Cause that's where that F3 pheromone comes out and then go take it on the new cat and let that cat play with it and vice versa. And then you begin to build up a community scent while the cats are separated during the introduction process. So that can work. But, you know, I like to use, I like to go a step further and recommend that people go ahead and scent the cats the same. 
And the way you do that, you can do it with several different things. But one of the things I like to use is brewer's yeast because it comes, you know, powdered brewer's yeast. You can get it at health food stores or online. And and you sprinkle some, kind of rub it into their fur on the top of their heads, kind of down the back of their neck. And it's it doesn't hurt them. And, of course, if they lick it off each other or eat it because they love brewer's yeast, it's good because it's a natural pest repellent. So... I, I like to use brewer's yeast, and um, and then they they smell the same. They go, oh, I smell like that, and oh, you smell like that too. Okay, so then you know we must be must be okay because you don't smell strange. So sometimes that can that can really work. So it's sounding like there's no real answer to the question: Why do cats get along with others, but not always another? <laughs> Yeah, there really isn't. You know, I the the best we can do is is pick an appropriate age and play style to go along with the cat that we have and know as much as you can about the history of the cat you're adopting so you got the best chances of having a cat that does get along well with adult cats and you got to make sure you do the introduction slowly and, you know, scent them the same during that process and keep, you know, stress and drama to a minimum between the cats. Because every time you have a bad incident between two cats, it it formulates their opinion of how that cat just is, you know. And it, and it makes sense. It's just like with us. We do the same thing with people. You know, if we have a a friend that behaves poorly, we go, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to overlook that the first time, but you know, the fourth time you're behaving poorly, we're going, okay, well now I have formulated an opinion that you're just a poorly behaved person, you know, and now you're bad and the cats do the same thing with one another. So you got to keep that, uh, you know, those incidents down during that introduction process. Wow, what another great episode. As usual, Molly, you've done a fantastic job of doing this research and good good subject matter for a lot of people that are out there wanting to know about this topic. It's, it's amazing. So to any of our listeners out there, if you have a topic that you like and want um, some more information about and it's a suggestion for Molly, then just email her molly at cattalkradio.com and she'll be happy to um, research it and put it on a podcast and hopefully whatever your subject is will be a good subject for someone else yeah and and also i want to invite you to help support the work that we're doing you know we provide this cat talk radio podcast and for free and other resources blogs and and articles and things like that all for free and I work many behavior cases for free for low-income cat parents and we'll do just about anything to keep cats out of shelters and hey if you're on that same page and you care about cats also consider sending us a gratuity donation super easy you can just go to the store at catbehaviorsolutions.org scroll down past the products to the bottom of the page and there are a bunch of different donation donation amounts you can just click on and add to your cart and um, easily check out with a credit card online securely and while you're in that store just go ahead and pick up another cart and fill it up too and you can pick up some treats for positive reinforcement 
you yeah. know, we've, we've just started carrying some of that really great stuff, the Vitacraft products, the Vitacraft treats. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, company is an amazing company, been around a long time and do a lot of good stuff in the space. So while you're in the store, pick some of that up and you're going to find it's the best stuff ever for your kitty and the connection. Kitty and connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all those all those proceeds for the store support the nonprofit work we do. So be sure and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram also. We would like that. This is all volunteer-based podcasts. So to help you take care, better care of your cat and increase the bond between you. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the number one cause, one cause of death, of death in, in cats. cats. Until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.